if it was illegal to say stupid things into a microphone. Why must you be so stupid? These guys would be doing life without parole. Hey, everybody, we're back from prison. Why do we keep encouraging this kind of behavior? It's the Breaking the Ice podcast with Josh Dolan. You know, we could, like, go to jail for this. Along with Mike Shue and Isaiah Moskahanna Bonsa Mana Blitz Boskowitz. Whatever the hell his name is. Are you still not drinking, Mike? No. No, I did have a... I did have a... Um, a vodka drink over Thanksgiving. And then I went to the, uh, the hotel Vernon here in Worcester that was closed for a while because hmm. of the pandemic and they reopened. And nice. uh, I love going there because they have dollar Narragansett drafts. Oh, oh is and, that, 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 uh, that like wicked dive bar that looks amazing. It's a, it's a real dive bar. There oh, are places I want to go there. Either call themselves a dive bar or try to make it look like a dive bar. But this place it's um it's a real hotel. It's the real deal. <laughs> it's um it had a speakeasy in the basement. It looks oh, like pirates during, used to stay there during uh prohibition and um you can still go down and see it these days. You got to ask for Madame Rhubarb. That's the uh that's the code. And then if they have enough Was people, that what it was before? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And then Babe Ruth <laughs> had a girlfriend in like around the area. And he used to come out here and stay at the Hotel Vernon and drink there and hang out with his girlfriend there. Really? Was his girlfriend's um, name Mrs. Rhubarb? I don't know. I don't <laughs> Mrs. Know. Rhubarb was a, was a man. They've done oh. some renovations. It's a great place. They have like this place called the Ship Room. Yep. They say, go to, you know, go to the Hotel Vernon, get a sip of the ship. You know, nice. It looks like the inside of a ship. It's got portholes in the booths and stuff. It's got a stage. They have bands there. They got Wait. a buck to play pool. You like, know? The, like the inside of the ship of Kowloon? Um, <laughs> that's still there, you know. This one's a little dark and, and it's dirtier, but right. it's um, it's a cool place. So right. I had a beer. I had, I had to go have a dollar draft there. Yes, you know, just to celebrate them reopening. They're right on Kelly Square too. They're like oh. right in the square. So, so that place is gonna thrive as the Woosocks keep growing and that area keeps just. I hope up. so because there's a you know there's a lot of nice places going in. Uh, Kelly Square because of uh, Polar Park, which is great. It's great for the city, but Gotta I would keep also the originals. Like, like people who are coming into town for the first time to get a real taste of what Kelly Square used to be all about. You want right. to see real Worcester? Come yeah, over here. Right, exactly, Josh. <laughs> right? You know, right there at the corner of Millbury on Kelly Square. So go, well, you got to get a histor hist historic society to somehow say, don't bulldoze all of it. You got to keep a couple of the orange. Right. The right, OG. Yeah. It's a great, uh, it's a great dive and it's a, no bullshit. You know, what was the place where you and I, we went and got shit faced and we almost got haircuts. <laughs> what? Usually it's tattoos. You almost got haircuts. Oh, we went to, uh, where did we go there? We went to, um, where were we? Must've been really shit faced. We had you guys smokestack barbecue. And then we, did we, we walk down to Nick's? We started at Smokestack. We went, I don't even know what was happening. I was living in Westboro at the time and I yeah. went to see Mike and we got fucking shattered. <laughs> I think we started at Smokestack <laughs> and did, then yes. we uh, walked across Kelly Square at night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, walked almost, down to Nick's. Almost got haircuts. Like, right. Oh, no. You know where we were? They're not there anymore. It was called like, um, what was it called? Something like the line of scrimmage. It was like a sports bar. Remember? We were in there. Yep. We were watching the Avalanche game. Yes, that's right. And the, bartender, the bartender loved you because he just couldn't figure out why you loved the avalanche so right. much. 
And so he was like, he was, but he was super friendly. He was like, that's real. I've never met an avalanche fan, you know? And, <laughs> and then we went from there and we went to, oh, yeah, we went to a few, we did Kelly square, which is oh, great. God. Oh God. Yeah. We Love need Kelly that again. Square. That's the heart. That's the heart of Worcester right there. Kelly square. I told you that time I came out and we went to, uh, I, I was out there for, I think I went to St. Vincent's for some shit. I called you and you weren't feeling good, but I'm like, I got to go to this Coney Island thing. He's like, you fucking need to go into Coney Island. And it was oh, during yeah, COVID. That's... So it was during COVID. So yeah. it wasn't totally oh, open, wow. but it didn't, it didn't matter, man. The fucking hot dogs at right. Coney Island and, and fucking Dan can probably attest to this Coney Island hot dogs. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, love a good Coney Island hot dog. Holy hot dog Annie's too. And Spencer is, is oh. runner up. Yeah. That's I had never too. been. I had never been. We were just talking about a couple of years ago. Mike and I were out and uh, Kelly just getting shit faced and walking around all these bars, which some are still there. Some are gone. And I'd never been to Coney Island at all. And maybe two months ago, three months ago, whatever, I was out there and I'm like, dude, what about Coney Island? He's like, you got to fucking go in there. And it yeah, was at least once money. It was, I think I had right. like two chili hot. I mean, I shit myself like 20 minutes later, but those chili hot dogs were fucking they awesome. very particular chili. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting so hungry now talking about this. I mean, shoe on, on the radio this morning, I was listening to you talk about burgers. So I had Ooh. to go get a burger. Now I know I got to go out to this white hut place in Springfield. You ever go to white hut in Springfield, Dan? No, I've never been. I've never heard of it, actually. Yeah, me neither. I got to go. The supposedly Thrillist said they had the best cheeseburger in, in Massachusetts. Really? So, you Pretty know, we got to got to doing on the show this morning. We were doing like best best hamburgers in the state or what we doing? Well, no, that was a story we did. And and uh, and then people just started calling in. But we were just like, what's this White Hut place? You know, Is that so like White Castle? Probably, yeah, not research like... it. No, it's a lot better. The burgers look a lot bigger and better. So Dan O'Connor. Doherty yeah. High School's finest right yeah. here. <laughs> What's going on, man? The finest. Uh, not much, man. I'm doing I'm doing really well. Uh, just hanging at home. We got home from tour about like a month ago, and I've just been just hanging. I, I mean, you got tour. quite the setup there. I mean, yeah, I know. Oh, you, yeah. look like, you, you look like you're in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it all set. We've, we've been doing some like Twitch streaming and stuff, so I got it all set oh, up. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How was the tour set up? It was great. It was, you know, it was weird because of everything that's going on, but um, we made it all the way through, you know, nobody on the tour got, you know, had any positive cases and stuff. We didn't have to cancel any shows. So we were, we were fucking stoked. Now, now were these mostly like makeup shows for like shows that you were supposed to do during? Uh, yeah, it was a tour. It was a tour that was booked for, uh, I think it was spring of 2020 and it just, just kept getting passed down the field and uh so we made it up in the uh in the fall it was awesome yeah it was That's like great. us uh band called state champs oh, uh, i love state champs yeah it was it was it was a good tour um real friends it was uh you know a lot of people having we're really excited to get out of the house and get to shows and get things going <laughs> so it was it was a good time i was gonna say that everybody that we've talked to or whether it's on the podcast or or, or one-on-one I just went to see Sebastian Maniscalco at the garden and everybody's just like, it's fucking so nice to just get oh, yeah. out and do the shit that you do, whether you're in a band stand up or just get, and just to see people and dude, he crushed it. He, he could, if I would, I hope they filmed that and they put it out because he just nailed everything that most of us were probably thinking over the past, you know, two fucking years. 
didn't get too political, but just said yeah. the right shit. But how That's was all. it? How was it for you the first time? Like after all this, I can't fucking go outside bullshit. The first yeah. good show you guys did. How the fuck did that feel? Well, we were actually super excited because uh, we got asked to play. Um, it was uh, a festival called Sad Summer Fest at the Palladium in Worcester that we yep. weren't supposed to be on. They asked us with like 24 hours notice because one of the bands on there had to cancel. So we were very excited that our first show back actually got to be in Worcester because it wasn't right, going right. to be. Uh, and it felt amazing. I mean, getting up on stage in front of like that home, like the home crowd and just everybody like the thing that I missed seeing was the hive mind that happens at shows when like the whole crowd is just doing the same thing. It just, it, it's just the best. That's the best feeling in the world. It was amazing. It's like yeah, you it's almost great, take it for great. granted when it's not there. And then yeah. you're back going, I fucking love that. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it's, I've been doing this. I've been playing in bands for a long time. So it's very easy to get jaded. Like uh, I at home, but after last fucking year, never again. I just want to oh. gig all the time. So was was Four Year Strong's first gig on an island in the middle of a lake? Yeah, was that your first gig? Yeah, uh, lake is a is a really good. Um, it's it's very generous term. It was basically it was a puddle. Swamp. Yeah, it was more or less a swamp. Um, okay, and and yeah, there's there's a like a VFW style hall on the. It was called the Island Club, and. Uh, our guitar player's dad was a member of this club. So his sister was like, Oh, I'm going to throw a Halloween party. We're like, well, we just started this band. Let's play your Halloween party. And they're like, yeah, sure. We didn't know that. Well, I didn't know, I guess our guitar player knew cause he'd been there before, but we had to bring all our gear across in this basically pallets with, with like kegs tied to the bottom of it. That was something <laughs> that we had to pull across on like a wire and it was, just an insane experience, but it was, it was a cool first Something show on like fucking survivor. Like, you Oh yeah. If you don't yeah. get across, you don't play. Yeah. So what's, what's, we didn't uh, lose half the gear is insane. What's easier uh, doing loading in that way or loading up the stairs at Ralph's, which one oh, is easier <laughs> that I, I'll take the boat. I'll take the boat. Over the yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you guys have toured so much. I mean, 20 years, right? Yeah. This is 20 years. That's, yeah. I mean, You've like bands are kind of like marriages these days. Like it's a it's a five year average here in the United States for a marriage yeah. and a band for any band to last more than than five years, 10 years. I mean, 20 years is quite an accomplishment. I'm sure you guys never thought, you know, that when you guys were still at Doherty High School. You oh, know, no, figuring we're still going to do this in two decades. I definitely didn't think that was the case. I mean, there were times during those 20 dec decades where I was just like, yeah, there's no way this is going to last you know, <laughs> more weeks than let alone 10 more years, but I'm going to um, kill this fucking guy on Friday. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and like you said, being in a band is like being married, except you don't get to, uh, you don't get to have like makeup sex after you fight. You just get to stay mad at each other and have to get up on stage and play. Um, no, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. The fact that we're all still, civil and we're actually closer friends than we are now than we were you know 10 years ago we've after we became adults and weren't kids in a band anymore uh we we're able to you know maneuver each other's personalities a little bit better and had I mean, kids of really? your own oh yeah exactly so yep. you're you're a father is everybody in the band does everybody in the band have kids no just me yeah just I'm you the only one. yeah three so years you're, you're the only adult yeah, basically. Yeah. I've, I've learned, I've learned how to be the, uh, 
the band dad as well. So band dad, there you go. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if you've seen the the documentary The Other F Word. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Okay, it's no. a great documentary. It was put together by um I think the the singer of Pennywise and okay. uh and and a couple other people, but it's about guys who are in bands, they cover like Pennywise, the adolescents, US bombs, all these like punk rock guys, rancid, oh, cool. you know, and they become, they've, they've got these great careers and then they become fathers. And so how they balance, you know, what they do on stage and what they do with their kids, you know, you oh, yeah. fat, fat Mike from, from no effects. And he's like, wow, I got a tattoo of a dominatrix in a latex suit with a dildo. You know, you know, I never thought, you know, I'd have to explain this to my kids. You yeah, got to go and, to PTA meetings and, and right. Exactly. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. How, how do you, how do you deal? How do you deal with that with being a dad, being on stage Did it change? Like when you, you became a dad, did it change what your, your message was, what you wanted to say, your attitude? Uh, I wouldn't say it, it necessarily changed my attitude. It, it's definitely interesting maneuvering like my kids' school, like friends and their parents when they find out that like, oh, he's just, he plays in a band or always oh, in for what's really strange is when for instance, my daughter is in second grade and she comes home and she's like, oh, my my music teacher is like a huge fan of your band. And he's been going to your shows for like years and all this stuff. It's like, oh, that's a little that's that's kind of strange. Does that mean but, she gets an A? She gets yeah. an A then, right? Oh, that's yeah. the grade. Oh, she better. She better. Pass I mean, my she, daughter. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's not too bad. It's it's it. Well, the thing that stinks is anytime I go to like a like anything with like her friend's parents, I have to answer the same like questions like a thousand times. Like, Oh, what's it like to tour? And it's like, I don't know. You fucking living in a, in a bus and everyone stinks. That's basically what it is. It's right. not as cool as you think it is. You yeah. like to smell your own, your own friend's shit for weeks on end. Cause it's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 20 uh, years, you guys, uh, you guys are all Doherty high school kids. Uh, everyone school. but Joe, Joe went to St. John's. In Shrewsbury. Oh, excuse me. Oh, yeah. very nice. <laughs> exactly. Off the road in Shrewsbury. Sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you um, crossed that bridge. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So what were what were some of the like local Worcester influences for you guys? Specifically, were there was there any music from the area that you guys, you know, really you looked up to, a bands, bands or artists you looked up to? Oh, 100 percent I mean, when we uh but even before I was in uh Four Years Strong, I was really into the local hardcore scene and, and, and punk scene in Massachusetts. I'm going to, you know, Bain and American nightmare shows mm. and, and seeing like hate breed in Connecticut and, you know, all those, all those shows. I mean, that's what I was doing from, you know, seventh grade all the way through, you know, high school. Love going hate breed. Yeah. Yeah. Hate breed on earth. I mean, Massachusetts right. and new England have one of the most incredible heavy music scenes in the world so right uh we're very fortunate for that that and, shit uh, will never be classic rock fuck that no there's no way i don't care how uh, old it is when the fuck is any hate breed song ever wow the classic rock station here comes hate breed everybody right yeah nope it's yeah. just like any metallica song anything off fucking ride the lightning really you tell me when trapped under ice is going to be a classic fucking rock song not yeah. happening <laughs> yeah we got to do we got to do a uh, a holiday run with hate breed I mean, I think it was like oh. 10 years ago now, but it was just us and Hatebreed playing like Poughkeepsie. Uh, I think we played Connecticut. Uh, Holy we shit. It was Boston. It was a really, really fun run. Yeah. No shit. Was that yeah. that moment you were like, Holy fuck. 
I know, like, there's a lot there's a lot of holy fuck moments in, <laughs> in my in my band's career i mean just the fact that we got the gear across the little pond in a boat right. holy fuck. <laughs> yeah there's that, plenty, was, that was the first around. challenge yeah josh, exactly. josh do we have josh do we have like a holy fuck button that we can push no holy we don't but we can get one right we have was, we have there a, ever we have, like a oh sorry I was saying, we have a racist cock button on the show, Dan. Okay. When yeah, you know when Josh says, says racist, racist things. things. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But we should, pro- we should probably get the holy fuck button next. Sorry, Josh. Go ahead. I'm just making notes. I'm sorry. Show. I was just gonna say like a holy fuck moment. Was there like a moment that you were like, all right, we're starting a band, this is fun. And then was there a moment you were like, oh shit, I think we're doing it. Like <laughs> this is fuck. actually <laughs> happening. Yeah, I think uh Probably the paycheck. first time. Uh, well, no, because it was terrible. But the, <laughs> the first paycheck was like, "Oh no, what oh, am I getting into?" No. <laughs> Two yeah. buttons. Holy <laughs> fucking! Oh no. Yeah. Uh, no, probably the first time we uh, we were on Warp Tour um, was oh, probably yeah. like like one of the bigger holy fuck moments for us, just because we were also really lucky that the the year we first got on Warp Tour was also kind of like the year we were breaking out, so nobody expected like from like the security on the tour to everybody running the tour to the other bands on tour no one expected our band to do anything and every day the shows were just bananas and it was awesome because i got to be friends with like all the like warp tour security guards because every day i'd watch them all leave the main stage and come over to our little stage because i knew it was about to get insane but uh <laughs> but yeah that was probably the first time when i was like okay like i i'm on something that i grew up going to and uh and it's going well so that was that was probably the first time I was like, all right, this is, this might be happening. Yeah. And there might be a few like, Oh fuck moments. Like it, you guys are on the Tony Hawk pro skater soundtrack. Yeah. And that's, I mean, oh, yeah. it's a huge deal for my generation. I mean, oh, uh, same. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, all of ours fucking Tony's yeah. our age. And that guy's yeah. been fucking destroying it for decades. Yeah. That was, that was a big thing for, for us is like ending up on something that I grew up with was always just like fucking huge. I mean, we did uh we did a UK tour with Blink-182 and we played O2 Arena, which is like 20,000 people sold out. Wow. Wow. That's that an old fuck. That was insane. And we, we fucked up the very first note that we played. Oh, come like, on. Nice. It was the perfect way to mess up, too, because it was just a, we, we did one just dent choke, and we all knew that it was fucked up, but nobody else knew. And then we are like, <laughs> good. We got, we got the good one out of the way. So then the rest of the show was awesome. Right. Right. You yeah. got that was, out of that the was way. behind you. That was behind you. You were done. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> What, yeah, kind of a, what kind of what kind of I can only imagine this is a this is something that anybody could relate to when COVID hit. Talk about an oh fuck! Like oh, you dude. go from just everything we do, whether we're working in radio, whether we're it doesn't matter on it, and then that that moment where you're told that you can't. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, how was like how is that like again? You're you're jamming, you're doing shit, you're fucking hating each other, loving each, each other, other, going through it all. Everybody's kind of taken for granted. Again, you could work in an office or with a band, but that day, I remember the day that we, my wife and I were at a restaurant, and all of a sudden the fucking governor comes on, is like, "All oh, restaurants are going to be fucking closed," and we're like, like like the one like the waitresses in the place yeah. are like, "I'm fuck you, what? <laughs> restaurants are closed," and they couldn't zip done. Work was over. Yeah. Where were you when it was like we can't? We're on tour, or we can't go. We can't. What kind of an yeah. oh fuck moment was that? Where were you when that happened? At so the we put of COVID? out. We put out a record called Brain Pain at the end of February, of uh, 2020, and we went on tour. A tour started that same day. It was like the 28th or something like that. And 
um, we got to play eight shows of the tour. And while we were on the tour, we were hearing like, you know, we all left being like, okay, we got to bring like hand sanitizer. That was like basically as, as intense as we thought it was going to be. And then we started hearing rumblings of like, oh, that California might be, you know, closing venues that are like 5,000 and over. We're like, oh, okay, that's, that's interesting, but it doesn't affect us yet. And then the moment that I heard that sports were being shut down, I was like, oh, we're a sunk ship. Like we're, we're through. And then we, we drove, we started, you know, having these conversations about like, I think the tour is going to go to Texas and then maybe like it'll skip California and then start again (laughs) in Ohio like that. We were, you know, no one knew it was going to happen. And then uh, we played a show in North Carolina, drove down to Atlanta and had a day off. And that day we started hearing things about like, okay, 500 cap rooms are shut down. And we're like, okay, that's a lot of these shows. Um, And then the next day we woke up and everybody was like, yeah, it's, it's everything shut down. Like everyone's going home. But at the time there was like, it's just two weeks. That's what everybody was told. Like, Oh, it's going to be two weeks. And we're like two weeks. Yeah. I remember hearing that just a couple of weeks. We just put out this record and like, you know, two weeks is going to suck. And then we went home and then two weeks turned into like two months. And then two months, it was like six months. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Like, I have nothing to look forward to. This could last forever. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'm like Craigslisting, like, uh, does anyone need, you know, any help stacking lumber somewhere, (laughs) anything? Can I make a music banner of some sort for you to do something on maybe? Yeah. So (laughs) that was just insane because, you know, we weren't necessarily worrying about, you know, a year and a half of no touring. We were worrying about the the record cycle because we just put it out. We're like, oh, we got all this momentum. We don't want that. But it just dropped at the end of February and the fucking world yeah. closes like 12 yeah. minutes yeah. later. Eight shows. We got to play eight oh, shows. Yeah. Jeez, Done. yeah. And for, so and for to... four years strong, you know, you guys aren't like played on the radio every day. So that's how you right. got to get out there, right? You got to get out there oh, yeah. and let people know. Yeah. Now, of course we've got the internet, you know, and, and, uh, and streaming services and stuff, but that's, that's the band. Yeah. That's a band's bread and butter, right? Going yeah. out so there and doing our main bag. Yeah, for sure. Touring oh. is, is, is where everything happens. So that was also interesting for us because, you know, like we said, we've been a band for 20 years. So a lot of the, a lot of the new stuff that all these bands are doing doesn't come naturally to us. So that whole last year we're like, okay, so let's figure out what the fuck twitch is and, right. <laughs> and let's figure out you know all this stuff that we just we're terrible at like we're not huge social media guys and all this stuff and so trying to figure out how to stay relevant during a year and a half of being shut in your house was just wait i insane. thought twitch was something you did when you were on coke yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I heard a rumor i heard a yeah. rumor. Twi- i'm like all these kids are twitching that's all i hear right <laughs> We were the same way when we, when uh, I joined this podcast, we were trying, it was like, we had two, we recorded two and then that was it. We couldn't be together. So we had to figure out zoom. Yeah. And it was just a, you got to go back and watch the first ones, man. It was a mess. AF goes off the air. Josh comes, Josh comes over to my house in Malden and we're like, what the fuck? He brings his gear. We just turn it on and just start going, what the fuck just happened? And we're thinking more because Mike and, and Carrie, they're all full time and great. Like what the fuck we end up, Calling Mike and Mike's like, well, <clears throat> I got nothing going on. So we go over to his place in Worcester. We sit down, had a great time. Carrie's like, all right. And we go to her house. And the next stop was going to be Danielle. And we were going to go to her place. We we're going to go to her mom's house. But then the same shit, all this weird fucking like, wait, you can't. I can't this. And she was like, I don't really feel comfortable with you guys coming over my mom's house because her mom's yeah. older. And 
And that was it. And then we had to come home and figure out this fucking bullshit. And the first few episodes were like, wow. Well, well no. I mean, some people would say we're still trying to figure it out. But, you That's know, true. what can yeah. you At do? At the time, it's though, Josh, think about what's kind of cool is that everybody was having that struggle. So that was kind of a relatable thing. Like work people were trying to figure this out. We're trying bands. All of a sudden, you're like, how the fuck am I going to get my whatever it is out there? Yeah. And yeah. we're just, you know, cameras this way, sideways. I'm doing mine on my phone. I don't even have a microphone. And everyone's like, this is fucking awful. But it's only going to be two weeks. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no one had even heard of Zoom. When I didn't hear started, Zoom. Yeah. Everybody's like, right. oh, we're going to use Zoom. I'm like, what the fuck is Zoom? Is this Zoom? an app I have to download? Like, I have no idea what this is. They but, came out of um, nowhere. I was thinking, like, Skype is going to love this. And then all the right. yeah. everyone <laughs> used Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> can't we just facebook live maybe not i don't yeah. fucking know crazy did you guys learn anything like over the everybody had to have i mean like you said you, you basically go home you're like okay where can i fucking chop wood as a band mm -hmm. once you got into this it's just like okay we're not doing shit how did you communicate how did you collaborate um you know with your art over yeah. like the deep deep months of covid so one of the one of the things that was nice is that most of us are well myself and the other guitar player i live in i live in paxton so i'm outside of worcester and then he lives in north brookfield so we were just shutting in our house pretty much away from everybody so we you know we would get together every once in a while you because, created a bubble you know, we created our own little bubble there you go and <laughs> so we would get together and what we ended up doing is putting all of our folk. We, so we do a holiday show every year at the palladium and we knew that we weren't going to be able to do it so we're just like are right, we have to do something that matters so we put together this whole um like live stream with a with skits show and everything and that took like forever to put together because we had never done anything like that so a lot of the the end of 2020 was us just kind of working that out figuring all that stuff out like trying to get the band together so we can actually record it and like everybody's got to get tested and but there would be all these like really strange like little breaks that like we couldn't get together for a while because my kid i have kids so my kids were just home the entire time and i have to make sure they're still like learning how to read and things like that <laughs> you were so, a teacher that day <laughs> yeah so between my wife and i it was oh my god it was insane but you know we you don't want to be a teacher I, after that come on bro fuck no oh my god <laughs> i didn't want to be a teacher before and <laughs> definitely not now yeah, and no one wants me to be a teacher. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> that I've beard is for chopping wood. Oh right, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we just kind of we just bent to the will of what was going on. We just tried to, you know, continue to be musical and continue to try to communicate with our fans and and just do exact, you know, do anything that we could. Put out merch drops, do all this stuff, and and uh, make music videos, stuff like that. I learned how to edit music videos. So I just started making music videos at home and just nice. trying to do them as like low budget and small and contained as we could. And yeah, that's pretty much what we did. That had to have been a good feeling for you though. When, when, when the fan, the people that reacted to it, you're like, I'm in my house. It's one thing when you're on stage and you can see the reaction, but you're at your house going, what the fuck? I'm in my underwear. Are you even paying attention anymore? Yeah. And to have them react though, must've been like, kind of another oh fuck moment like all right they're making me sit in a closet <laughs> and right. but i can at least get together with my boys and do stuff i mean the reactions must have been kind of cool yeah i mean that was definitely the thing that we were the most scared of is is anyone going to give a shit about us doing any of this do you know stuff? who we are what the fuck yeah. yeah and and when we find out that like oh people actually do give a shit because i mean That's awesome 
everybody was shut in the house. So every, you know, you kind of forget that everyone was going through the same shit all at the same time. So we're trying to figure out what the fuck we're going to do and put out music when everybody's sitting at home being like, I just want to hear music. So everybody was super excited to, that we were, do, we're like, oh, okay, perfect. This is working out. So, but yeah. At least is with that, music, you can do that. Like, I, I got asked to do a few, like, virtual stand-up gigs. And I was oh, like, are you? Oh. No, absolutely not. <laughs> like, yeah, I heard, did the chicken cross the road. <laughs> no fucking yeah, clue. This, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine doing something like that. Yeah. So is that, uh, did you guys, because you, you released an acoustic version of Learn to Love the Lie. Yeah. And have you guys done acoustic stuff before? Did that, the, like, performing recording acoustic come out of this whole thing where you guys were stuck at home or something you wanted to try no we've we've done acoustic before actually we've done whole tours where alan and i have like basically like motherboards of pedal boards and we're doing like like one of us playing acoustic guitar the other one's doing something on an electric and we're putting down guitars and doing all this stuff we really like doing that and like changing our songs around and making them sound you know different than they were originally intended um so but no, we, we've done that for, for a while. The reason we, we did that basically is because we want to figure out a way to continue to push this record. Cause you know, we've had that whole record cycle that kind of got squashed. Mm -hmm. So trying to put out a deluxe, put out a bunch of B sides on it. We do some acoustic versions of some of the songs and give like a little bit more content to the record and try to, you know, be able to continue to push it and uh, on future tours and the tours that we've been going on. So, yeah. Is that something more. that's, um, gonna happen are you gonna do some acoustic stuff at the holiday show now that you get the holiday show back at the palladium or is yeah. it just gonna be a full-on balls out show well it's gonna be a, a balls out show but we're, we're talking about you know trying to to fit some maybe some acoustic songs in there somewhere um they've always gone over really well we've done some um some songs acoustic at you know the holiday show and like other tours before like we'll just take for like one song or two songs and uh but yeah we're, we're kind of putting that set together right now and and we're talking about doing a couple like that yeah now when you guys play shows in worcester what percentage of the crowd hit you up for free tickets <laughs> <laughs> oh. i i tell i tell people all the time that home shows are like the most stressful day of my life i i don't answer my phone at all on show dates <laughs> It's yeah, how I, much are tickets really? I mean, come on. Oh, I yeah, they're not that bad. Like twenty bucks, twenty-two bucks. Oh, like, really? If, oh, yeah. But if if someone if someone basically if you're getting on my list, you already know. Like it's like my parents, like my wife. I got family that's gonna come out, and and that's, that's it. Pretty, that's pretty much it. So well, most people at this point know. Don't hit up me. Hit up someone else. Man, you do I'm realize not. I'm in this fucking thing to hopefully yeah. make a couple of dollars. Well, that and I don't. I don't want to babysit a bunch of people all night. I've got. I got a bunch of stuff to do. <laughs> Everybody yeah. that you went to high school with is like, <laughs> I know Dan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. It's, like, it's not a high school reunion every year at Christmas time. It's I got a job to do. Is is it uh, besides the stress of uh, friends or whatever trying to get into the show? Is it a little more? Uh, is there a little more pressure when you come and play at home? Because, yes. Because the you know the people here, and they know you, and so there is. It's like the expectations are higher. Do you feel you know a little more pressure see as them opposed again. to as opposed <laughs> to playing in like Des Moines or something like oh, that? Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's. I've said before. It's it's one of the only places where I feel like there's this expectation of what I'm going to do, and we try every year to make it. You know a better show than the year before. And eventually we're gonna be like, what the fuck else could we do? Nice. Like we're running out of things to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 
it's it's one of the most important shows to us every year because you know being from Worcester and being from Massachusetts is a really important thing to us. We all love it here. Like we're all going to live and die here forever. And it's, and it's something that we've all, you know, expressed as, as a band, we've put Worcester Mass Massachusetts holes forever, Mass yeah, we holes put Worcester, forever. Massachusetts on our t-shirts. Right. You know, yeah. 2001. It's, it's, it's something that we've always repped and, uh, and it's, it's become, you know, a thing. A lot of people travel to it. I know people come from out of state to go to that show and, uh, and it's a big thing every year. So yeah, there's definitely that that uh, that pressure of expectation that we we try to. How many years did you minus last year? How many years in a row have you done that? First year we did special? was 2007 was our nice. first. So yeah. And here's how much I pay attention to detail. For the longest time, I didn't even realize you guys were from Worcester until wow. one day we, uh, me and Shu played Four Years Strong on the air for. Uh, segment shoe would do called harder faster and he yep. was like all oh, good worcester kids and i was like what because my my <laughs> wife turned me on to you guys my wife is really? a huge fan and i i was like listening to you guys for a while and i didn't it didn't i didn't realize you were from worcester that's I'll awesome make sure you put his wife laura on the list all right yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. she's on <laughs> not me just though just day of. Yeah, hit me up the day before <laughs> josh, has, josh josh has no idea what's that song you're talking in circles what is it talking myself in circles yeah that's fucking him. That's it. Yeah. He's fucking no idea where he is. <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, we had we got played on AF once a really long time. One time. One, one time. time because uh, our manager at the time was uh, also like the personal assistant of Polly Shore. Oh. So Polly Shore called into the show and was on like one of the morning shows and requested that they play one of our songs and they did. And that was like That's the awesome. one time we're like, all right. We did it. We got an AF one time. Two times. Me and Shu played yeah. you. So. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. Yeah. And I believe that's, that's why they shut us down, right? And oh, then the next day they pulled the plug. Like, nope, oh. get these guys the fuck off the air. No, they Holy shut down sure. AF because they offered me a show and they're like, they, they've lost it. So <laughs> that was it. That was it. They were actually debating putting Josh on a full time on air shift and went, this is fucking done. 50 years. We're out. <laughs> we're selling the station to God. I had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> I remember Pauly Shore came in. I was working there. Did he? Well, he probably called in a few times, but he came in. He came fucking, in a few times. Yeah, but I was in the fucking bathroom and all of a sudden I'm at the fucking urinal. Up comes Polly Shore. I don't know if he was on some fucking weird drugs or whatever, but he was just like, dude, what's going on? I'm like, I'm taking a fucking piss. He's just Polly Shore, man. Yeah, Pauly yeah. Shore. He was doing the whole MTV fucking shit right there at the urinal. I'm like, oh, yeah. right. He was he was wheezing the juice right there. Right, exactly. Right. He, the kid grew up in a comedy club, you know, right, so right. he's always on everybody. So, so have, the, you, have the, you guys have you guys um had any uh awkward have you guys played live like television radio have you done anything stuff like that uh we've done some some smaller stuff never never like on actual like syndicated radio or anything like that we we, we did one show um like one like tv show on i don't even remember what fucking channel it was on it was some like extreme sports channel and they had some show that i'd never heard of before espn 97 and they had us on to like play you know a couple of songs and i don't even know where you could have watched it but we did it and uh and yeah that was it Listen, yeah, we don't if, if you want to play a song right now this is going to hit a global like market it, i gotta tell you dan there's at least eight people that are going to watch this <laughs> mm -hmm. That's the and three of us buy tickets. The three so. of us twice are in the rest are in North Korea. So, <laughs> so if you want to fucking play a little acoustic something, we'll 
you know. I can't. I can't without without Alan. I'm 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 broken. We're we're, we're a duo. I can't I can't sing a whole song by myself. So well, we have an we we do have an idea now. We're we're thinking about because we haven't been together since fucking Christ came back as a carpenter or whenever the fuck it was. We're thinking about doing a a podcast somewhere in Worcester live. Maybe we can get your band to play. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We would definitely do that. Yeah. I was, I was shooting for a hotel Vernon since they reopened. Do it. They got the ship room. They're renovating the ship room. Yes. Dollar drafts. The key thing is it only holds a couple of people because no one gives a fuck about us. Maybe you can bring the crowd. We'll just yap, 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 and then we'll drink. Yeah, that's it. Josh, what do you think? I Yeah, that's a that's a very good business plan. Done. <laughs> can people still get tickets for the show? The, or is that thing fucking sold out? No, there's there's still some tickets left. It's selling pretty good, but there's there's some tickets left. We always hold some for day of anyway. Um, because for, for Josh's so wife, Laura, who's a fan. Yeah, well, there's a lot, definitely... of people, a lot of people travel and don't pre-sale and they've been doing it for years. And so we always hold like like 100 tickets or something for the day. You ever, think so, about, uh, you ever think about doing what the Dropkick Murphys do and they play like 10 shows in a row? Right. You yeah, know, I, would, I would love to do that. But the, the, the amount of people would just get less and less and less over the 10 days. <laughs> yeah, I, you I start would. With, you start with a thousand the and then there's, there's two people at the end of the tour. So Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> What but, is like um, what what's like the 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 weird besides the island and the swamp like what's the yeah. weirdest place you guys have played cuz you've played all over the world. I mean, you've guys been in parts of Asia. I didn't even know bands would play. Like yeah, you played, in, played didn't you guys play in Jakarta? Yeah. Yeah, we played in Jakarta Indonesia? and that was actually one of the ones I was going to bring up because we played so we showed up there. We didn't know nothing about, you know, where we are. We just got somebody who's like you're going this way. We're like, "All right, cool. We'll follow you." And we show up to uh, the venue that we're going to play, it's an outside, just a stage, like in the middle of some courtyard thing. Um, they have, you know, you know, all these guys on stage setting up all the sound gear. And I can tell that none of them know what they're doing at all. Like where they're right. like, how they're setting things up. Like I'm telling them like, Oh no, this goes on. This is the head of the, the amp. He's like putting it off the stage anyway. So we finally get everything set up and we start sound checking on stage and I can just see because we're up super high and we're outside. All of a sudden I see people running towards us, like like with their fingers pointing, like they're yelling. And I look at the guys and I think we should stop playing. Fucking Americans. And (laughs) as soon as we stop playing, we can just hear like chanting from like for everywhere that you can see. And apparently at, I don't know what it is, like three o'clock, two o'clock, 12 o'clock. Some at some point is like prayer time. Oh, they're Muslim country. Yeah. So everyone's prayer time. Everyone stops oh. what they're doing, and we're we're like, all right, perfect time to sound check, and we're outside in the middle of Jakarta. Oh my so god! Are, we're like, oh, we're we're done. They're gonna, they're gonna, we're 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 not making it out of here. But it's off to a good start. Only, this yeah. is the only like, time no one, we play no one here. To tell us that we shouldn't yeah. be playing at noon. Um, and you're you're on stage thinking like, is music illegal in this country? Why are they so? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what's going on. I just saw a lot of angry people running towards us from the distance, and I was like, I think things aren't going well, guys. We oh should my god, we the show actually went awesome later. But, oh, yeah. so the show actually it, it went well. Like the show went scene, well. There's a yeah. scene in Jakarta. Like yeah, the, yeah. The okay. show. I mean, it was like 1,100 kids going absolutely bananas, like just jumping all over each other. We played a show, uh, I think, the day before that in Bali, which was also just insane. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of the more surprising tours that we've done because we had absolutely no expectation and it blew all those expectations out of the water. It was just insane. 
Well, uh, when the expectations are zero, it's pretty easy, right? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> You're good. It's if amazing could, how we take it for granted. We're so inundated, saturated with entertainment here in the United yeah. States. Oh, yeah. You know, and we forget that, you know, people in Jakarta don't have bands playing every single night of the week in, in venues all over town. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's a pretty rare thing. Oh, they were they were all very, very grateful that we they don't get a lot of bands over there. So when we when we came over, they were all super excited, super stoked that we were there. That's why you see that. I think it was like the last Rolling Stones documentary I saw. Like they go to other countries and it is a fucking shit show of yes everyone loves them in the states here but it's a religious experience oh yeah when you go somewhere else because they probably don't get that all yeah. the time and you yep. bring a band of that caliber if you could play anywhere tomorrow that would just make you obviously the palladium is awesome but anywhere what would the best venue be like you'd be like oh my god this is the taj mahal in my mind oh man um that's tough for for four years strong i mean <laughs> Chicago has always been like an amazing place for us to play. Uh, one of the the most incredible shows that we've ever played was actually in London at uh, at the Roundhouse. Um, such a cool venue, and wow. that's just definitely like a really cool vibe. That's one of those like shows that like sticks in your head because just the way that the crowd looks in that just round room is just an incredible you know thing to see. So um, yeah, I play I play Roundhouse, play London. We haven't played London and played the UK in forever, so. We're jonesing it over there. Well, we a, a, a venue, a venue in your head that you've never played, that you'd be oh, like, that we've never played. That would be the fucking shit to play there. Now, being from Mass, it might be the Garden. That would Maybe. be one. Yeah, yeah, the Garden right. would be cool. Or Madison Square Garden in New York too, as well would be would be cool. Like, <laughs> right. that's I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of anywhere that, uh, like some cool show in history happened like that's right, like a right. big thing for yeah. me like I, lo I love being like man i'm on the same stage as this this guy who played that show on this day and yeah yeah because the, I, the, I roundhouse, go back. I, the roundhouse the roundhouse has so much history i mean oh, zeppelin yeah. played at the roundhouse yep. you know yeah. i mean there's so much history at that place yeah that's unbelievable man that's why that's like in, in in my head i'd think things like the old boston garden like the sure, original yeah. think of the yep. fucking mm. beatles played there the shit like that must be kind of cool to be like, oh, I wish I could play. Or I mean, talk about history. The the Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom, the list of people that have played there, like Jimi Hendrix mm -hmm. and like Zeppelin, I think, played mm -hmm. there. It's yep. insane to I, think that they were, you know, getting fried dough and playing that show. I like <laughs> I like I liked Limp Biscuit at fucking the casino ballroom back in like the fucking whenever mid 90s, late 90s big fucking toilet bowl on stage oh yeah i remember that from Ozfest. that yeah. whole and it's the hampton beach casino ballroom though so it's not and he fucking has the toilet and this shit pouring out of it and he jumps out of it i'm like this is fucking not george thoroughgood this evening <laughs> or the uh the, I, think it, I think it was like maybe a family values tour or something like that that was at the palladium when mm. like Einstein was on it and they, and I think LaBiscuit played, they had like the cages on stage. They had oh, like, like a jail yeah. cell kind of thing on mm -hmm. stage. Yeah. That was awesome. You know, uh, the best, the best cage, the best cage was back when I saw the fucking beastie boys, they released mm -hmm. license to ill in 89. So I'm fucking just graduating high school. Maybe I saw them on the 90 tour, whatever. And they were as fucked up as the day was long. I think I saw them at the Worcester Centrum that year and they yeah. had Kate <laughs> Can't do this today. Apparently, they had cages with fucking strippers in them, and they're fucking just whipping beer bottles. They didn't sound like the album. 
when yeah. I saw them, but I knew it was the Beastie Boys because it was three white rappers. But I'm, oh my God, the fucking girls in the stages. Uh, I'm like, they can't do shows like that anymore. I don't think that was the tour of the giant inflatable penis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys, Dan, have you guys ever done like, do you guys ever have, ever have something like that? Not the penis, but like yeah. some kind of prop or something. <laughs> like, did you ever have a Stonehenge moment on stage, you know, like from Spinal Tap? you know, where something just went horribly, horribly wrong? Uh, not, not too much. We've had, you know, we, we, our production usually is just like lights and backdrops and scripts yeah. and stuff like that. We never had, you know, like a cool prop piece. That would be fun. That would be dope to have. They, uh, there's, there's been a couple tours that I've gone on that have had some like really cool things like that. We did a tour with good Charlotte like years ago and they had some really cool, like prop things on stage. And we tour with a band called Lesson Jake a lot. They have a dude with mm. like, He's got, you know, they have a whole like mascot thing for him and he comes out on stage. It's, it's insane. It's such an a crazy show. Yeah. You guys have toured with a lot of people. Like you said that you were touring with Blink-182, right? Who's, yeah. Who's like your, the, like your favorite band that you've toured with? Oh man, we've, we've been lucky to tour with some fucking amazing, amazing bands. Like not just as musicians, but like as people, I mean, you know, we've toured with, there's some bands that we've toured with like a million times. I mean, like Take Back Sunday or Bayside or Newfound Glory, Starting Line, all those, all the bands that like we played with, especially when we were younger and coming up and they took such amazing care of us. Um, there's, there's way too many bands to name that were just treated us like fucking gold that were just amazing for us to tour with. And that's, awesome. and it's really cool to be able to tour with a lot of those bands because now that we're, you know, headlining shows and we're able to bring out a lot of these you know, smaller bands who grew up listening to our band, we have, you know, someone to imitate on how to actually treat, you know, younger bands that are coming up instead of treating them like shit or, or, you know, being like, this is our shower. It's like, no, we're all here together. And um, <laughs> it's, it's a cool thing. We, we, we've had that. Soap. Yeah, exactly. We've, we've been on tours where it's like, you get treated like shit. I mean, one of the tours that we were treated incredible was uh, we did a tour with rise against bad religion and us. And nice they were the most amazing people so amazingly like gracious and just shared everything with us like we didn't feel like an opening band we just felt yes. like one of the other bands on the tour and it was and i mean that tour was fucking incredible i mean playing with bad religion every night is just the coolest thing in the world yeah those guys are super nice and they you know it's those guys that like had to blaze a path for everybody yeah. else you know and they and they realize you know they don't forget usually they don't forget you know what they had to go through yeah you know to to make it for other bands to follow behind them and uh yeah. the bad religion guys are very much like that they're very cool down-to-earth guys yeah yeah That's and awesome. it, it, it shows that they've they they cut their teeth you know the exact you know doing the exact same thing and they remember what it was like to be that band that's opening up a show and um yeah i mean like brian baker was like one of the coolest guys like on the tour just like giving me tips on guitar gear and just talking about random shit. Like it was just unreal. So cool. Yeah. That's cool that you can now at this point in 20 years of four years strong, you can give maybe other bands their Oh fuck moment. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which is, which like, is pretty oh, awesome. Oh yeah. fuck. I used to look up to this guy. Shit. <laughs> oh yeah. fuck. These guys are jerks. Oh God. <laughs> well, yeah. we're, we're looking forward to the, uh, the holiday show. Um, and uh, the Palladium is a, such a special room, man. You know, and, and uh, there's something about the Palladium. I mean, I remember when it was EM Lowe's 
And I yeah. saw like the Ramones there and, and Motorhead. I saw George Thorogood there. And uh, I saw George Carlin there. That when they used cool. to have seats. They used to have seats on the floor there. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, a whole bunch of other bands. And there's something about that particular room. I don't know if I'm biased because I've lived in Worcester for so long. And, eh, a little you know, bit. Yeah, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little Worcester biased. But still, there's something about that place that has a spirit in it. I totally, I, I couldn't agree more. I actually, yeah. I worked there too. when I was, when I was in high school, I mean, like 40 strong was still, you know, the band that I was in, but I would, you know, on the weekends or any of the shows that I wanted to go to, I would, I would bounce and work security at the, at the palladium for like tons of amazing shows too. So that was like the coolest thing for me is, you know, I went to, you know, every show ever there. And then eventually they were just like, okay, you're, you're a little too intense here. So you either have to work <laughs> here or you can't come here anymore. I'm like, all right, well, I'll work security. Sounds good. Um, because that's the other cool thing about the Palladium is they, they've always been a venue that understood, like, especially for hardcore shows, like why people are there and like, and, and that you can trust the crowd to, in a lot of circumstances, maybe not so much now, but at least back then to police themselves and to take care of a lot of the, a lot of those situations themselves. They've always been, you know, a venue that let a lot of things happen that a lot of other venues would just think it was too much of a liability. And that was one of the reasons why there were so many amazing shows there. Like the fact that, you know, I saw like Bane play a show there and they like downstairs played him and they took the barrier out and just allowed crowd surfing. It's like that's and like stage diving. It's like that no other venue would allow that to happen. No. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's, it's always just been such an incredible place. I've seen so many amazing shows there. Yeah, but it, and it's it's also like the people that work there, like you say, it's it has more of a family thing. Yeah, going on as as compared to a lot of other places that I've been to anyway. And you're right; it's because those people are either fans of the music or they understand the people coming in there. Yeah, and I think that's why they make it special. So when were you working at the Palladium? So it would have been 2000 and probably. 2000, maybe late 2002 to like 2004 or five, somewhere in oh, that. Oh, shit. Did yeah. I ever tell you to fuck off? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I, I hope not. I was probably, I, probably not me. That's the I fucking live, asshole I shoe there. from AF. I live there for I, like those are the years where like I was doing the metal show at AF and I would be yeah. there. They were booking tons of shows, like great shows. And I was there almost every night. And then it got to the point where I was like, shit faced every night at the palladium <laughs> you had your own locker there i know right it's like oh here comes here comes shoe oh god you know hide the whiskey jesus so. christ it was definitely i was definitely a security guard who worked there more to go to shows and just i i, I wasn't getting myself involved in like like you would have never had to tell me to fuck off because i would have made it to already have fucked off before it <laughs> So, um, you weren't like an amateur boxer that was there to yeah. like work on his jab. I would catch kids nope. and then I'd be like, all right, I'm the fuck out of here. I'm not getting involved in anything else. That's it. I'm just here to see the show. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was it was really fun. I got to see some some really cool shows there. I mean, uh, the I would not work shows that I wanted to go do. So probably a, a lot of the shows that you were at, I probably wasn't even working because I was participating like hardcore, the rest, like all those things like I would right. have been in there. Yeah. But she still uh, could have told you to fuck off, even if that's you true. <laughs> those are my yeah. Those are my heavy drinking days. That yeah. was just bad very news. aggressive. It yeah. was still a dick. Were you working there when when Rammstein played? No, I wasn't. Uh, I wish that I was. When they got like banned, right? They, they didn't have yeah, like the singer stage that would shoot on the thing. And 
Yeah, yeah. the singer got arrested because he whipped out a giant fake. It looked fake. Yeah, uh, and kind of peed all or fake peed all over one of the. I think it was one of the keyboard players. He brought out on a leash and made him hop up on a road case like a trained dog, and then he peed all over him. Good and. You know, and there's fire and everything. And then, like, the next morning, it's like, hey, the singer from Rammstein got arrested. It's like, well, for what? Right. Know, it, was well, a, it was a fake that was, penis. That was, that, legit. That, that was another thing that COVID fucked up. They were supposed to come back and play Gillette, right? Yeah, it was it like that. Was, it, it was like one yeah. of, like, four shows they were doing in the U.S. or something crazy like that. And the yeah. show was so huge that they had to, they had to use Gillette. Yeah. There was so much fire, they needed to use Gillette Stadium. I would have loved yeah. to see that happen. Hopefully someday. Right. Yeah. That that show is actually what almost got me kicked off the air because I before we went into commercial break, I said those Germans love fire. <laughs> You're oh. like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, God, right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like, yeah, sorry, gotta, sometimes I forget there's a mic. <laughs> we got a talking to on that one. Yeah. Well, Dan, um, it's really great talking to you, man. It's great to see... Uh, you know, Worcester guy yeah. doing well and, uh, and, and still representing Worcester, you know? Yeah. It's I mean, great that you stuck around. Yeah. Thanks for, for having me on. I mean, I, I grew up listening to, you know, a lot of you guys on AAF. So it's really cool to, uh, to be able to chat with you guys now. So thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, and, thanks so uh, much. Good, good luck. luck with that holiday show, man. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Let me know if any guys want to come out. I'll, uh, I'll pick up my phone for you guys. Can we all get a bunch of free tickets or what? No, I'm joking. <laughs> have fun that night, brother. I'm definitely yeah, going to try and go to that because I still haven't been like to a show or a sporting event since the pandemic. So yeah, man, you should come hit me up. Get outside. Yeah. Get come outside. on. I have out, a baby Josh. now. I mean, that, right, that's... right when the, what do you mean? No. Get a babysitter. That's what the grandparents are for. Jesus Christ. Come you have on. two sets of parents. Use them. Uh, yeah. Then you got to drive them there. Oh, so, wow. Oh, you're just <laughs> drive now. You've got the grandkid. You can hold it for yeah, ransom. That's true. No, you right. Yeah. Do you want to see your baby granddaughter? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just I'll see if I mind. can get a babysitter and I'll see if my wife lets me drive with her to the show. So come on. Okay. Well, if you're not going to if you're not going to go tell Laura to call me and we'll go out for beers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going. Okay. <laughs> what did I say, Dan, that song. That's Josh's life. Yeah. <laughs> can oh, can I just I'm sorry. I, I forgot to ask this, man. And the the song. um, It must really suck to be four years <laughs> strong right now. Was that written yeah. in response to a, a bad review? So it was written in response to a, it, there's a band called Set Your Goals that we were friends oh, yeah. with. Okay. We, we were all come around. We would all, we were coming around the same time and we were really good friends with each other. And uh, AP Magazine did a review of their record. Um, and it was a good review, but for some reason they decided at the end of it to say, all in all, it must really suck to be four years strong right now. Oh. And I remember the guys from Set Your Goals like called me up. They're like, dude, I don't know why they said that. I'm like, first of yeah. all, I don't care. But like, yeah, <laughs> they it, mentioned it, us. <laughs> it, it's annoying because they like there were a lot of AP specifically, but there were a lot of, you know, different press things that were trying to like pit us against each other. And we were like friends. So there was like there wasn't going to be anything there. So we decided in response to name a song. <laughs> we were in the studio writing our next record. So we, we decided the opening song of the next record was going to be called that. That's fucking awesome. Who wrote that review? Louder Milk? Yeah, right. Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't remember what his name was. Um, Have you seen Louder Milk? No. Dude, oh. 
Great. Oh, it's on great, Amazon. Man. We've yeah. had a bunch of the guys on the show. Yeah. Jackie Flynn, local comedian, a yeah. bunch of uh, Ron Livingston, who was the lead guy in Office Space. Okay. Yeah. And he did Band of Brothers and a bunch of other movies. It is fucking dark and funny as shit. And he's a washed up music Louder reviewer. Milk? Louder Milk. Louder yeah. Milk. Yep. Yeah. And he, okay, he's, cool. like a, he's like a recovering music uh journalist so he he had like too much fun hanging out with bands and now he's like in recovery and stuff and yeah he's running uh, so he's running a great recovery music. circle yeah. he's running the recovery circle too and he's exactly right he's he's, he's a recovering alcoholic he's yeah. basically a recovering fucking asshole too because he was a dick of a, a rolling was he did he work for rolling stone he, he just, wrote for everybody but he was like yeah he was oh. a, he's a total dick but he owns it and yeah it's a good so show. There's a ton of great music in it though that's cool You've seen uh, you've seen Office Space, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so the second times. half of that movie, when he gets into that, I don't give a fuck after he was hypnotized. Yeah. Louder Milk is that times fifty. Okay. <laughs> All right. That That's kind of how I. I it's like it's like, he's it, like yeah. I don't give a shit, and he's that. And he's it's really good, and we're hoping. I haven't seen anything on Jackie's Instagram. Like they're wait. They did three seasons. No. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They did three, and they're waiting to get picked up for the fourth. And oh. They're fucking. They're, it's good. Louder milk's good. That's yeah. right. I'm definitely gonna check it out for sure. He he cool. would like your band. Yes, he probably yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. We should talk to uh, we should talk to who was the uh was it wasn't Noonan who was the writer? Jimmy Dunn. Oh uh, yeah, Jimmy Dunn. Jimmy Dunn. We should say hey, slip some four years strong into louder milk into the soundtrack because there's tons of great music in it. That's it cool. Awesome. No, but get them into that little coffee shop playing yeah. a couple acoustic <laughs> songs and he walks in and goes, Oh my God, that listen, we don't want to write your fourth fucking season, but we can help. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the right. reason you're not getting fucking picked up is because you're not fucking playing four years strong. Jesus yeah, Christ. That's probably it. Yeah. I knew this podcast had a purpose. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Dan. We appreciate it. We'll see you at the palladium. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys. You have a good one. Thanks, man. Right, man. Thanks, man. This is Brad Marshawn. And you're listening to Breaking the Ice with Josh Dolan. I don't think he would ever let a pizza get out the door before he buried the whole thing, so he likes to eat that kid.